Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy for Life podcast where we will be discussing maintainable, sustainable, conscious living. I'm your host, Sarah Grace. Thanks for joining me. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Healthy for Life. This week we are going to be talking about supplements and I am so happy to be discussing this topic, especially during these times right now where a lot of people are more on high alert about their immune system and about, you know, should I be taking things for my immune system? Should I be taking things to just stay healthy all year round? And the answer is yes, I think so. But I'm really happy to have Dr. Don Hungerford here with me today because he has been practicing as he's going to tell you, I think for like 30 something years, and he knows in and out about supplements and how to take them and which ones are effective. And I just, um, I'm really happy that he's here to discuss this with me because I think it's very applicable to what people are looking for right now. So, um, you know what? I actually just heard him ring the doorbell and (laughs) I'm going to get him and bring him in. All right, Don, it is so great to have you here with me finally. Finally. Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. Uh, I'm Don Hungerford, and I, I have been working in uh, alternative healthcare, uh, primarily uh, whole food nutrition. You know, my background is uh, naturopathic medicine. Uh, I've done this for 27 years now, which is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've done that. I've been in private practice the whole time. Uh, you know, 80 to 90% of everything that goes wrong in a person's body has to do with deficits of the, the fundamental chemistry that helps our body work the way it's designed. So it makes sense that uh, the vast majority of, of uh, health problems that people have are related to these deficiencies versus they're related to a need for drugs or surgery. Right. Yeah. Deficiencies. That's a good way to put it. It's like you're almost your body's way of communicating and saying, hello, I need help. They're like a, you know, it's your body waving a red flag saying, look over here. And, you know, when you have pain, you have the symptom or that. It's not that you need a doctor. What it's looking for is it needs help. Usually that help comes through our food, but our food is so devoid of nutrients anymore. You know, we're eating, but literally starving to death. So that's where somebody like me comes in is, you know, we identify, you know, what those specific deficits are. And then we apply whole food nutrition to alleviate the deficiency. And the result is because you've addressed the underlying cause, the symptoms of the disease stops, which is marvelous. Absolutely. So you're an ND by training. That's your background, a naturopathic doctor. What would you say is like the main difference between an ND and an MD? Well, it's, uh, it's a whole body philosophy versus just, uh, looking at, you have symptoms of your joint hurts. So you need to see a joint specialist. Uh, Mm -hmm. your eyes are giving you problems. So you need to see an eye specialist. It's a whole body approach versus just uh, addressing the symptoms. Right. So that's really kind of the main difference. And then allopathic medicine, typically it's designed behind, uh, behind uh, uh, prescription drugs and, mm. you know, surgeries. And those are the two main tools in their tool bag. But if you want to get to the root of the cause of the problem, you need to see somebody who's a whole body practitioner. And that's where someone like me comes in. And would you say most NDs are going to be looking to say, 
cure the problem or fix the problem with herbs and supplements and versus, you know, prescriptions and that sort of thing, your treatment protocols are going to be probably entirely different, right? Historically, that's the case. You know, as time has marched on, there's been a lot of pressure on uh, schools that teach naturopathic medicine and the, the they're largely, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between MDs now and, and uh, naturopaths because there's, uh, um, you know, the goal is to try to blend them into what modern medicine looks like. So, um, you know, more of the approach that I have is still more the old school, which is uh, you know, uh, deal with the whole body. Uh, food is really the medicine, and th- that's the approach. So um, I would say, yes, that's, that's what the difference is there. Mm-hmm. With our current situation right now going on, and I feel like people are on high alert when it comes to their health. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's a little bit of an awakening and people are realizing, wow, my immune system is really important that it's strong. But also we're hearing from certain outlets, we're hearing the truth that, you know, the, the people that are most susceptible to this virus are people with comorbidities, obese, you know, all of the things that we've been telling people in the health world, world we've been saying, these are things you need to be conscious of. You need to fix, you need to get your health in order. You know, you got to eat better. You've got to take supplements, all those things. And they've kind of been falling on deaf ears for some people. Some of those very people are now kind of waking up and being like, all right, I've got to do something about it. And so that's why I wanted to discuss supplements with you today and what people can do, you know, on a regular basis to keep themselves healthy or to even prevent or treat things. But before we get into that specifically, let's talk. I just want to get your kind of feelings a little bit on the current state of things and on the climate with COVID-19 and sort of, you know, we were talking a little bit just earlier about Texas and even they opened what I think first either Um, them or Georgia Georgia yeah Georgia and what they're noticing as far as like people are worried about the second wave and sure let's talk a little bit about that yeah so you know each state has taken a bit of a different approach some have been like uh, like ultra ultra conservative and you know are still recommending uh, sheltering in place uh, as late as August even Mm -hmm. um but those, those states, they have similar kinds of rates of uh, COVID-19 infection as some of the other states that have uh, opted to open early. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing is that early on, there were all of these models and predictions that uh, there'd be like over a million deaths in America. I think it was 1.6 million, but they haven't seen numbers anything close to that. So those models were... Uh, wrong in the first place and as we've been able to roll out more and more testing what we're finding is that like the actual uh, mortality rate is very low it's like 0.001 percent which right. is ridiculously low uh similar to influenza infection and it's exact same people that are at risk for influenza that are at risk for COVID 19 it's uh older people uh, obese people, people with uh, pre-existing health conditions, upper respiratory types of conditions. Those are the individuals that are at higher risk for infection, just mm-hmm. like higher risk for infection with influenza. So uh, I always think it's kind of interesting that uh, influenza in America, it kills about 60,000 people each year, but we don't have this uh, hysterical overreaction to it. In fact, it's kind of commonplace, like it's just 
part of the background noise. Um, right. So with COVID-19, you know, here was this uh, huge ramp up and almost hysteria level of, of uh, alarm for it. And, you know, it was sexy and it was interesting in the news. And so, you know, they're 24-7, you know, they're pumping that on the news yeah. about how dangerous it is. But it turns out as time has marched on and greater testing and real numbers have started to come out, it's not nearly as dangerous as they said it was. You know, it's unfortunate that people have passed away from it. But the same is true that it's unfortunate people who had the flu or influenza have passed away from it. You know, it's tragic, but it happens. Right. And nobody really talks about the people that pass away every year from influenza and the flu. And it's so true. we don't really even pay attention. And most people think, yeah, it would really suck to get the flu, but I'll deal with it. I'll be home for, you know, five days or whatever, and then I'll be back to my normal life. And they don't walk around with masks and they don't, you know, shelter in place and right. close their businesses. And yeah. And, you know, the last uh, studies that I looked at, 98% of the people who contract COVID-19 end up with no symptoms or mild symptoms that are very much like flu. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the case is uh, you end up with a mild flu and, mm. uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, concern, you know, as some of the States are starting to open and some of the areas are allowing more business, uh, that there may be like a new surge of COVID-19 infections. And the reality is we're really not seeing that. There's been a little bit of a spike in Texas, but, everything points to uh, greater and greater testing of more and more people versus there's more infections. Right. Yeah. One of the ways that you can tell for sure that's really what's happening is you look at the number of people being admitted to intensive care units for COVID-19, and those numbers continue to drop, uh, even in places that we consider hotspots like New York City and uh, New Jersey, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the numbers really don't support... Um, you know, what some people are looking at as overreaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I really think that people need to trust their bodies and their immune systems to do their job, especially if you're healthy, you know, the, if you don't have a cancer or you don't have COPD or some sort of lung issue, or maybe, you know, you're not severely obese or have type two diabetes, it's like, even if you're older, but you're healthy, you have to trust what your immune system was created to do. And that is, you know, to, you get exposed to viruses and bacterias and things all the time and your body fights them off. Yes, it's true. There, there are things that we can do also to improve, uh, our body's response to exposure to viruses like COVID-19 or influenza. And, you know, we, we've seen examples, you know, in the past where, you know, people are carpooling to work and, you know, one guy has, has a cold or flu and, and then the other three passengers with him, you know, one is unaffected completely. One has mild cold or flu symptoms and the other one, you know, seems like he's half dead. And, you know, <laughs> right. what, what's the difference between those three? Right. It's, it's the, uh, it, it has so much to do with the, the, the amount of uh, the, those fundamental underlying chemicals that aid our immune system in how they function. And there's been, just because of the COVID-19, there's been interest in things like zinc. And it was one of the early things that they added to uh, some of the drug treatments. And they found that they have a much higher success rate if they add zinc in versus if they don't. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we've known a long time, you know, zinc has a history for people that have cold and flu. They'll try to take some zinc and, you know, shorten down how long they're infected. Um, but by the time, you know, you're, you're in that condition, you know, that zinc deficiency has been there for quite a while. Uh, there's even like a zinc test that I use. It's a liquid form of zinc and you just take like a teaspoon and you hold it in your mouth. And if you get no taste at all, uh, then there's likely you have a, a sub- substantial zinc deficiency. In fact, I was at a meeting where I was going to demonstrate this and there were about 30 people in the meeting and you can always tell the person who has substantial zinc in their body because what ends up happening is you get a really strong metallic taste in your mouth. Kind of like if you were to like bite down on, on tinfoil, like right. kind of metallic taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as it's going around and each person is sampling it and you know, they're, they're considering uh, how does it taste? And uh, across the board, everyone says, oh, it's just like flat water. And then there was one woman who tries it and you could see the look on her face. It was immediate. And it's like, oh, the one person in the room with sufficient zinc in their body. Which, so, so most people are probably deficient. Yeah, the vast majority your, of them, right. And what about vitamin C? Vitamin C, you know, it plays a role in the body. Uh, 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 synthetic vitamin C uh, is more, you know, falls into a category, what we call orthomolecular medicine. You're trying to use that as like a, a, a chemical to uh, work kind of like a drug in the body versus a, a vitamin. Um Regular vitamin C, like if you get it out of fruit, it's, it's really, it's an enzyme called tyrosinase bound to organic copper. And then around that is this stuff called ascorbic acid. Mm-hmm. And that it's an antioxidant it's, uh, that helps to protect that enzyme mineral complex. And so the actual vitamin C is the enzyme mineral combination. And once it gets into the body, the ascorbic acid is stripped off of that. And then the active vitamin is that enzyme mineral complex. And so using just ascorbic acid, the antioxidant fraction, is using it more like a drug versus uh, getting like a vitamin effect from it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have uh, like vitamin C concentrates that come from food. And they have very small amounts in it, like 5 milligrams. And it's like how active it is in the body, uh, you know, comparing it to like a thousand milligrams of ascorbic acid, it has much higher bioactivity in the body versus that ascorbic acid. So that chemistry that you're taking, you know, it, it makes all the difference exactly what it is and where it was sourced from and what, what it was sourced from. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what, what we should get into because I think, like I was saying, there are a lot of people who are maybe on more high alert right now about their immune system. But let's talk a little bit about supplements and how they work. Uh, You know, what, I think a lot of people just starting with, you know, they're like, what should I take on a daily basis? Like, I don't really have any specific glaring problem right now. So what should I do to try to just be healthy every day? Right. So, if a person comes to somebody like me, uh, they have in their mind already, uh, I like to take multiple vitamins, trace minerals, things like that. They tend to already take like vitamin D. Vitamin C is a popular kind of a product. Uh, protein supplements are very mm-hmm. common uh, in people's diets these days. Uh, whey protein, sometimes pea proteins, things like that. Uh, and they're taking these things for specific reasons. And they've feel like they help them to build their health and to to keep them generally uh, in better condition than if they didn't use them. Uh, But if you look at like the top 10 things that people go to the doctors for, you know, at the top of that list is skin disorders. Uh, Mm. And then you think of uh, like uh, joint pain, muscle pain, back pain. Uh, So many people are in pain, they go to the doctors for those types of things. And then 
um, you know, what they end up walking away with is like uh, pain relievers. Right. Uh, and, you know, all those do is kind of cover the symptoms. Exactly. Yeah, they help to kind of block the main enzyme that, that uh, stimulates inflammation and pain in the body. So there's better approaches to doing those types of things. So uh, everyone has some ideas of, of what they like to take, but the difference between like things you can buy over the counter or through multi-level marketing versus uh, professional line type products, uh, their heads and tails different. Yeah. Uh, I have so many people that come in and they're, oh, I'm taking this, I'm using this. And it's like, well, you have this symptom and this and this. And if those were actually working well for you, then those symptoms probably wouldn't be there. Right. But as soon as we get them on to whole food nutrition, it's mm-hmm. nutrition that's made from food, but it's just amazingly concentrated. So sometimes like people are going to, uh, like they say, take uh, eat carrots for good eye health. Well, mm-hmm. to get enough of the stuff in the carrots to affect your eyes, you'd have to eat like a barrel of carrots right. every day. And <laughs> no one impossible. can really do that, right? Yeah. So instead of doing that, uh, some of these professional companies I work with, they have the ability to concentrate those nutrients down into tablets or capsules. And mm-hmm. then we use those and they have uh, strong therapeutic effects because they're alleviating a deficiency that exists in the body. Yeah. And that's really the difference is what's deficient in you that you're having these eye problems versus the next person who doesn't. And so we like to identify what those are, and then we help people and guide them into the right right kinds of supplements. So for the everyday person who hasn't experienced anything chronic at this point in their life, you know, they don't have chronic pain, they may sleep pretty well, maybe they don't have digestive issues, which there's fewer and fewer people who don't have some of these issues, but... So vitamin D is, I feel like everybody probably needs a vitamin D supplement. Yeah. There was a great study done in Houston, Texas during the three sunny months of the year. And what they did is they just took uh, younger people between the age of 20 and 25, and they volunteered to just get their blood drawn uh, three times at the start. It was actually four times the start and then month one, month two, month three. And what they found is that 80% of those individuals were uh, clinically vitamin D deficient, which is under... 30 micrograms. Yeah. And uh, despite having all the sun exposure in sunny Houston, Texas. So uh, just being out in the sun isn't enough to have sufficient vitamin D levels for most people. So you have to supplement them. Mm -hmm. And vitamin D does all sorts of cool things. We think about like strong bones and teeth, but we found vitamin D receptors in the nervous system, in the brain, Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the digestive tract, in the liver, in the skin. It does all sorts of cool things. It, it even affects mood, uh, which is really interesting. So some people that are chronically vitamin D deficient, if you just supplement vitamin D, uh, their mood improves uh, substantially, which is awesome. Right, which could be a, an alternative to taking an antidepressant potentially. It could just be something as simple as a vitamin D deficiency. You know, it's certainly a contributing factor. And vitamin D does all sorts of other things. Uh it has, uh, you know, generally it has some anti-cancer properties. Uh, there was another study about maybe 15 years ago up in Canada. And what they did is uh, uh, there were several thousand people in, in the study group. Half of them got a placebo and the other half got 1,000 international units of vitamin D every day. And they studied them for two years. And what they were looking for is just overall rates of cancer. And in the placebo group, they found the national average for cancer. In the group that got 1,000 units of vitamin D, the rate across the board for cancer was half. Wow. So, and that was the only thing that was different about the two groups. Right. So uh, vitamin D, you know, has some important uh, uh, preventative roles also. Mm -hmm. And what about 
things like uh, cod liver oil or some sort of fatty, you know, uh, you know, oil. fatty acids are fatty acid, dramatically yeah. deficient in the American diet. Mm. Um, different fats based on their chemistry, uh, fats can either inflame the body or they can have anti-inflammatory properties. Mm -hmm. Most people are consuming uh, fats and oils that build inflammation in the body. And yes. then they wonder why they wake up in the morning and they're, ooh, you know, my, I feel And stiff. these are from processed oils, your vegetable oils. I cannot stress that enough. They yeah. cause Commonly found in vegetable oils, yep. uh, um, fry, frying Fried type foods, oils. Fried foods, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Pre-prepared food items. Yep. They tend to have uh, either trans fats or... Uh, uh, they're uh, partially hydrogenated yep. oils or fully hydrogenated. They're trying mm -hmm. to, to uh, manipulate that now. So, you know, all of those oils, they are very inflaming in the, in the body. These trans fats, you know, they, they have a half-life. It's about 75 days, 76 days. So you eat one gram of that, that trans fat, uh, which is barely even like a serving if you look at a container. Um, and so it takes uh, about 75 days for half of that to go away. But most people are consuming wow. that every day. So it li it's lingering in yeah. your body. And one of the problems yeah. with trans fats is right at the top, you know, your liver helps to, to uh, manufacture lots of fats and oils mm -hmm. uh, it, for, your, for our body. And right at the top, the very first enzyme that converts cholesterol into the next molecule, it inhibits uh, that, that enzyme that aids in that process. So everything kind of below that that it should be manufacturing, it's almost like it's being shut off, like wow. a switch has been hit. And that's where heart disease and atherosclerosis it's and a, all of that comes a into big play. Contributing factor to yes. that, right? So fatty acids, they're they're a great thing that many people uh, look to supplement into their diet. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside of, of some of these things is uh, like uh, uh, common things are like flax oil, uh, fish mm -hmm. oil, things like that. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm always looking at these consumer advocacy groups and they're constantly going through like uh, stores and they'll pull every brand off the shelf and they'll test them for things like PCBs and mm. heavy metals and stuff yeah. like that. And most of these are, are full, full of these uh, uh, bad chemicals that, right. that cause tremendous harm inside our body. So you have to be uh, aware of that and, and kind of cautious where you source that material from. And would the extraction process also play a role like how they're you know, how they're gathered or it does, you know, where that or... stuff comes from. Like for instance, with flax oil, it's like, uh, how was the soil treated that mm -hmm. the flax has grown on? Uh, what was sprayed on those things? Right. Uh, the extraction process is commonly like for most supplements, they use uh, a hydraulic High press. Heat. Yeah. And okay. during that press, the oil is literally uh, under so much friction. It's boiling as it's coming out. Right. And it's destroying that destroying. nutrient content. Yep. You know, that ALA, it's alpha linoleic acid you find in that, that it has an anti-inflammatory property to it. But when you heat it, you destroy it. And so mm -hmm. cold processing is, is, uh, the only way to preserve that. And, uh, some of the professional companies that I work with, they're, they're the only ones that really do that and guarantee that they do that. Right. Yeah. So then, uh, so we've touched <clears throat> on vitamin D, uh, fatty acids. So do you think taking vitamin C daily is wise or do you think just consuming fresh fruits is a better alternative or? Or waiting till you're actually not feeling well, and then, you know, what do you think there? Right. So, uh, you know, f fresh food is always a better choice versus, um, you know, uh, trying to uh, supplement yourself. Food is an under underlying, uh, like a 
pillar for health. Yeah. Uh, no amount of uh, supplementing will override a poor diet. Absolutely. So a diet is really a, a foundation for your health. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the difficulties that we have with food these days is probably the last three generations of, of people living on the world, uh, they're exposed to food that's commercially farmed. And so the, the content, like the nutrient content found in, in vegetables and plants and such are, are much lower than they were, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Um, if you look at the, what we call ash content, if we take like a, a, a vegetable and we dry it down and then we burn it and then that ash that's left over, that's where the minerals are going to be found. And in commercially grown crops, the ash content is almost zero across the board. Wow. But compared to like organic food where it's grown in healthy soil and it doesn't have uh, chemicals to force the growth of the plant, uh, the ash content can be very rich in those things. So there is an advantage to eating organic foods versus uh, commercially grown crops mm. um, that, that are non-organic. So that's an advantage to it. So you do have to have uh, a good diet as a starting place. Right. But the difficulty that we have is that the food, even compared to like 50, 60 years ago, it just doesn't contain as much nutrient content as it used to. So in a literal sense, you're eating, but you're starving to death for vital nutrients. That is so true. Mm-hmm. When you're supplementing, the, the most important thing is that the company that you're getting the supplements from are a whole food based supplement because what happens with like you know a lot of people say well i guess i should go out and get some fatty acids or some vitamin d so they're going to cvs or walgreens and even whole foods and they're grabbing something what's the difference it's one way we said was the extraction process they're usually heated or what about like synthetic or fortified foods talk about that a little bit these days we have, uh, you know, these so-called fortified foods. Um, you'll see like vitamin D added like into dairy products. But what we do is we kill that product first. Uh, we, we remove vital nutrients through heating or right. extraction. Pasteurization and with then milk. And yep. we supplement in a synthetic form, nutra product, like right. a vitamin D, for instance. And then we call that a supplemented uh, food. But, and this is actually a chemical form that was created in a lab? Yeah, laboratory-made, right. And that's considered healthy or sufficient? Like, your body can't no, absorb that the same way. No, it's not healthy or sufficient. It's, it's advertising. Right. Yeah. Because We devalue and devitalize the food so that it lasts much longer on the store shelf yep. or that it's much cheaper to produce it. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, you know, I'll give you a good example. I went to Russia a couple of different times, and I remember I bought this nice round Russian uh, uh, bread. And my friend and I were in the back seat of this car, and we were going from one city to another. And you know, we were hungry, so we broke this bread open, and it was great. It would, it had just been like made. Yeah, and fresh. So we got to where we were going. We were there a couple of hours. We got back in the car, and we're heading back home. And uh, when we were getting close to home, we were both hungry again. So. We pulled out that half a loaf that was left and it was like a brick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, historically it's like you had today's bread and you had day old bread and that was it because yeah. everything else was either like uh, spoiled or like a brick. Right. Right. But as soon as we got rid of what we ended up doing is we used to stone mill all the grain mm-hmm. and then we'd make bread and it had this rich fat content to it from the, from this, uh, uh, from the, 
seed of it, the, the germ. Uh, but as soon as we started to do what's called roller milling, it pops the seed coat off and it takes the germ out too, where the fat soluble nutrients are that can rot when you make the bread. Now you have this confectioner's carbohydrate flour that we make bread out of, and that'll last on the store shelf for quite a while. So it can be there two or three weeks before, you know, it starts to go bad. Right. Right. And so not even the bacteria and the yeast and, and such will eat it or grow on it, but we're expected to consume it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. And then you get the bloating. Yeah, and, yeah. bloating and swelling and all sorts of craziness. Autoimmune yeah. issues and... Right. So, uh, anyway, so we took away this rich source of uh, fat-soluble nutrients and then we fortify it with B vitamins and call that a healthy product. doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the supplements that you see in the grocery stores and whatnot are synthetic forms. Sure. There's not many that are probably food, whole food nutrition. No, the vast majority of them, there is, there's a formulator, a, a scientist kind of guy that's sitting in the background and he says, okay, we want to make this multiple vitamin mineral supplement. Mm-hmm. And so he just goes down the list. Here's vitamin A and that'll be uh, like, uh, vitamin A palmitate and it's like oh yay you know that's synthetic mm-hmm. uh, and then goes into the B vitamins and C and D and so forth and at the end of the thing you know he's got this list and then he calls up you know one of the big chemical companies uh, like uh, Roche and Abbott and Dow and you know they, they're manufacturers of these these base ingredients and he says hey can you put this formula together and they're like sure and you know mm-hmm. sell them a million tablets of it and they bottle it for him and then puts his own label on it and there it is and then the consumer gets it. They take them. They yeah. pee most of it out in the in the toilet, or it's just t- toxic in the body, right? Or definitely can be. You know, the liver's looking at all the chemistry in your body all the time. You know, as yeah. it comes up through the portal vein, it's looking at that stuff. And one of the big roles of the liver is to filter out, you know, stuff that shouldn't be in your blood. And so it'll pull out vitamin fractions and inorganic minerals and that kind of thing. And then it has a hard mm-hmm. time getting out of like the filter system in the body. So over time it can build that up and right. it slows down the, the phase one and phase two detox pathways because you, you've overburdened it now. And then all the resources that aid it in functioning, the coenzymes and cofactors and even like vitamins and, and uh, trace minerals that should be there to aid in that process occurring. As you run those deficient, it's sort of like, kinking up the drain hose for your body or your liver and instead of stuff coming out at a normal rate now it's like trickling out but at the same Mm -hmm. time you know whatever your condition is for your body how you're eating or or whatever's going on inside of you you're continuing to pour in you know more toxic load to your body and so Mm -hmm. instead of it like draining out in in this kind of stasis balance now you've got kinked up uh drain system but you're still adding at the top and so it just gets more and more and more and eventually you get so much toxic load to the body, it sends a false signal to your immune system that says, hey, I think you're infected. And one of the ways your body deals with infection is inflammation. Right. Yeah. So it sends this false signal and your body hits the alarm and starts inflammation. So it, it, you get this uh, uh, activation of the main enzyme called NF-kappa B that starts off the whole party for inflammation in the body. And right, and we know with inflammation, that's kind of the beginning markers for disease, all kinds of autoimmune disease yeah. and things like even cancer, type 2 diabetes, depression, anxiety, ADHD, uh, 
yeah. fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, arthritis, certain types of arthritis. Like if you look at the top 10 killers, uh, it, like they're published for different age categories, like 30 to 40 and 40 mm-hmm. to 50. Once you hit that 40 to 50 age category, if you take away accidents, uh, almost everything on there is an inflammatory disease. So it makes sense that if we don't consume food items that contain these inflaming chemicals, if we don't uh, eat food items that we know when we digest them, they release pro-inflammatory chemistry. If we just eliminate that out of our diet, we can decrease the activation of inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the average American's diet, most of the things on a uh, pro-inflammatory food list are what we consume. Exactly. Yeah. In high amounts. Yeah, it's incredible. And the good news is with that is when you remove accidents, those top diseases that are killing us or causing issues for us are things that we have control we over. Do. And we can fix them. We are the reason, are the cause for a lot of the diseases that we have today. So it's like, it sucks on one hand, but then on the other, it should be empowering to know that you have the ability to control your health and it's true. and to do something about it. And so that should be that should be a positive thing for people. So I know for you, you like to work with like biotics research and then... Um, Standard process. Standard process. Mm-hmm. Now, can people go and grab their supplements or do they need to go through a practitioner for those? Okay. Those are uh, largely, they only, uh, those two companies, they work with healthcare providers uh, okay. for a reason because some of the material that they manufacture, uh, if you were to take it wrong or in excess, you could harm yourself. So mm. they want some supervision on you know what's going into the hands of a person. Right. And that's why they're available through healthcare providers. Okay. Um, so uh, occasionally you'll see them uh, like online on like Amazon or something. And those are either outdated products or there's a lot of counterfeit material that comes out of China. Right. God knows that's really nerve wracking. Yeah. That stuff, right? right. I can't stress enough to people. And I've said this in past episodes, even like find somebody, a practitioner, whether it be an ND or an acupuncturist or a chiropractor, but somebody who you trust and you feel like you work well with that can help you with supplements because just going to the grocery store and picking something up off the shelf is often a waste of money. And it's unfortunate, but like we've been saying, a lot of that stuff doesn't actually get the results that you need. And number one, obviously is the food, but then most people in today's day and age need some sort of support in the form of supplements. But even like in, in the, in the area of food, uh, I had a girl come to me just recently and uh, she has just like tremendous digestive problems and basically anything she eats, it hurts. It it Mm -hmm. makes her hurt and, um, she'll miss work because she's in so much pain. And, uh, you know, the first thing she said to me is I eat very clean. I eat very healthy. And it's like, well, what does that mean exactly? So as we started going over what she was doing, I was like, oh, you know, I can see where the the problems lie. So I started to say, hey, let's take these out of your diet because we know these are inflaming and let's add some of these types of things in. And it's not like weird or strange food. It's everything you would recognize just walking through the grocery store. It's just you don't think of them as in these two different types of categories. And even before she could start the supplements, she, she... uh, had an immediate diet change and it was just a few days. And she said, you know, all my stomach pain stopped. And 
So it can be very powerful. It's just, um, you don't have to go and discover it. That's why there's people like me there. Right, is that, oh, we already know what we can mm. do. And, and looking at that person and, and seeing where the weaknesses are and then being able to guide them into the right direction, that's much more powerful. And uh, so many people, they spend so much time and spend so much money. It's like, oh, this supplement sounds like what's wrong with me or this one or this one. And they're all uh, marketing to your symptoms. Right. But at the end of the day... I want to help you take something that deals with the underlying cause, which exactly. is something completely different. And so few practitioners do that anymore. Right. Yeah. It's almost like they're like drug companies, but just giving you a vitamin, so to speak, right. you know, but they're still taking your money and it's not dealing with the problem. What do you think about, cause I've had a, a couple people come to me and say, you know, I read so-and-so's book and they talk about like nightshade, um, vegetables or certain, you know, tomatoes are acidic. And so, and I always say to people, I'm not a fan of that because I think that the foods that are given to us by God that are non-processed foods that have been put on earth, we should all be able to consume them. But what do you think about the people who come out with like a lot of these very restrictive type programs, even when it comes to like certain fruits and vegetables? Yeah. um, I'm not a big fan of like restrictive type diets. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I I have so many people that have come to me and, and they have problems with weight or bloating or constipation or heartburn or reflux or, you know, some of these terrible kinds of, of, uh, digestive dilemmas. And, they're like, well, you know, I, I took an allergy test and they said, I can't eat tomatoes. Right. I can't eat this. I can't yeah. eat this. And you know, you have these, uh, they're, they're testing for antibodies that have been generated from those particular foods. And basically what's happened is because you can't digest them, that food literally rots in their stomach and then they absorb that rotted food mass into their body and the immune system says whoa where's this weird protein coming from and it makes antibodies and then it's like wow. oh suddenly i have antibodies against tomatoes so interesting yeah but what makes more sense instead of oh i have to avoid tomatoes because you know my allergy test said that you know i i have to the the reality for most people almost all of them is that it's because their stomach's ability to produce digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid has diminished yep and so if we supplement some support chemistry back into the body and each time they eat they take a little bit of uh, specific digestive enzymes sometimes hydrochloric acid with it that food breaks down sufficiently and then fully the way it was designed to and then suddenly it's like i don't have a problem with tomatoes so was I really allergic to them or was I just not digesting exactly. them? Exactly. I'm, I'm living proof of that because I literally could not eat avocado for mm. years without having horrible stomach aches. And I even struggled with fish. And then since I've been on the digestive enzymes that you have given me in the beginning, it was like, eh, I would still kind of get the stomach ache, but now I can eat avocado pretty much daily and not deal with the problems that I was dealing with. And it's incredible because people come out, well-meaning people come out with books and they tell people don't eat, you know, this long list of foods. That's like, seriously, like I want to have a salad and I can't have tomatoes or cucumbers on it or something, you know, like, and 
it's like, how would that work for everybody? Because what, what would work for one person in that way might not work for another person. They might have no problems with tomatoes or cucumbers and they're missing out on these great vegetables. Totally you know? true. You know, like, we're all humans, but we're all kind of individual in a sense. Yeah. And, and so, you know, your stomach or digestive kind of problems are different than this person's versus this person's. And so each person very unique to themselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, even though the underlying causes may be similar, uh, but you need somebody, you know, who has the skills to separate out, you know, wh- what is it exactly that's going on here? Exactly. Yeah. And another testimony, and I won't, won't say any names or anything, but a, a particular person that I know that you were able to help, uh, she was saying that she's had chronic headaches for a long time. And she had gone to, I think it was a neurologist and they told her she needed to take an anti-seizure medication and she didn't want to. And so in her mind, she was thinking, you know, I'm going to be on Excedrin or some type of, you know, uh, ibuprofen Tylenol for the rest of my life. But then after getting on some whole food supplements with you, she said her, all of her uh, headaches are gone. And it's crazy because the things that we've sort of been programmed, like, oh, you have a headache, take, take something for it. Oh, you have, you know, this ache and pain. Oh, you feel bloated. Oh, you're tired. Like that's normal. It's not normal. It's your body's way of trying to communicate and say, Hey, I need help. And it can be just as simple as what you said, just offering some nutrition, offering yeah. nutrients. So like with this woman that you mentioned, uh, she didn't have a deficiency of pain relievers. What she was missing was a certain specific chemistry. Uh, and because she was missing it, inflammation was allowed to have kind of a runaway process occur in her body. So when she goes to a neurologist, they see, oh, there's inflammation. And the only tool in our bag is painkillers, mm-hmm. uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, right. steroid hormones, you know, COX-2 inhibitors. Uh, and at the end of the day, those are designed to block the action of, of this main enzyme. But what makes more sense is that if we can feed the body the chemistry that it's missing, then everything kind of normalizes and it goes mm-hmm. back to what it's designed to be. And yeah. our design is not to be in pain. Exactly. Right. And I think if everybody sort of had a more open mind or everyone was more programmed to believe, to understand the importance of number one, nutrition and getting the nutrients you need from your food. And then number two is supplements are there to help with what you might be missing from your food and that you have the power, you have the control as the individual to add these into your life. I think it would remove a lot of fear for people because people, they have chronic headaches and they think they have brain cancer or they have a, you know, some sort of like, uh, pain and they think they're, they're dying, but they, sometimes it can be very simple things that, the body's just saying, Hey, I need a little support and boom, it's gone. It's true. And you know, one of the, 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 uh, things that people have to overcome when they're thinking about this is that they, they've been trained from a young age that, uh, we have this problem, you know, we go to the doctor, we get this medication and that's kind of the end of it. And so, you know, chronic things like, Oh, my cholesterol is high. And so I need to, right. to have a, a statin type of drug. My blood pressure is high. So uh, I need a blood pressure medication. Well, why is your blood pressure high versus the next person who isn't? That makes much more sense. But 90% of our thought life is subconscious. 
mm-hmm. and we're operating on these these uh, uh, strategies that have developed in our brain over time. We had these thoughts, and we think those thoughts are real, and it takes a conscious, we have to have a conscious effort to step above the, that subconscious pattern of yes. this is just the way it is and have a new thought. And that mm-hmm. new thought can bring you into, uh, you know, seeking other uh, alternatives to uh, the treatment plans that you've experienced, but have right. really not had success with. Right. So you have to be able to, you know, step out of your comfort zone, step out of the mm-hmm. box that you've been stuck in. Um, I talked to a group that was uh, for inflammatory bowel disease. There's probably 500 people there. And as I'm talking, I'm just telling them, you know, here's what I do. Here's why I think these things develop. Here's the underlying causes that I know uh, make this thing happen. Here's the way we address those things. And the result is always this. You know, the success rate of dealing with people with Crohn's disease, colitis, diverticulitis, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, Mm. it's ridiculously high. I mean, so few people in 27 years I've not been able to help that have followed through. But of those 500 people, I could tell one person who was going to call me. Because I'm looking across the room and everyone has blank a blank stare. Look. <laughs> I know that look. And her arms are crossed. Yeah. And looking down. There was one woman who had her head up and she was looking around like, why didn't somebody tell us this? Right. Yeah. Literally, she called me the next morning. Unbelievable. This is just a couple of weeks. All her problems had stopped. Right. And yeah. that's the thing is you have to be ready to accept the information that's out there, ready to take the steps. For some people, it's experiencing a, a very scary thing with their own health or a loved one. For other people, it's maybe they're just tired of not getting answers, tired of feeling like crap all the time and being told they need to be on some medication and then the side effects of that, whatever it may be. But yeah, you have to be ready to be open because it takes responsibility on, on your own part. I think a lot of people are so used to being able to go to the doctor, get slapped with a prescription, and then they're going to typically feel the results within 24 hours of what they were given, whether they're good or bad, they're going to feel something. A lot of people aren't willing to take the steps when it comes to changing nutrition and then supplementation, because sometimes the supplements aren't going to be 24 hour change. I mean, sometimes they are, but there's times where you have to work with your practitioner, get it right that I don't think I'm taking enough. Maybe I'm taking too much. It's doing this, you know, and it's not often an overnight thing. I I think it's taken me five to seven years to heal myself of chronic fatigue syndrome. And I still have to be conscious of what I'm doing in regards to that. But it's like, you have to be ready to, to make the change, to be open. Yeah. Most people, I tell them, you know, two or three weeks, they'll start feeling better. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a great example. There's a woman in, uh, in Los Angeles that I work with. Um, she works in the music industry, and she's had just massive heartburn and reflux, and her doctors, you know, tell her, uh, you got to use these uh, protein pump inhibitors, and you got to just control this uh, uh, stomach acid. And she suffered and suffered. I mean, she can take a sip of water and have like volcanic reflux from it. And Unbelievable. I've known her for three or four years. And she's like, oh, yeah, I want to get your help. And yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the idea of getting help is always there. Right. But that follow through. action. Yeah. So finally, I pulled her aside one night when we were having dinner. And I said, look, you know, I just spelled it out. I said, look, uh, you never commit to this because you, you can't take that step. And once you take the step and... And, you know, I'll walk you through it and I'll help you. And then this could all be over so quickly. 
And finally she calls me and she says, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, help me. Right. So literally three weeks, uh, I meet with her again. And she's like, it was so easy. All the heartburn stopped. Yeah. No reflux at all. She said, I was worried, you know, this, this food is a little acidy. It would always like, just like, mm. like a volcano would explode. Right. In your stomach. Yeah. She said, I took the first bite of it and then I ate the rest of it. And then like nothing happened. She said, I can't understand how you can change that so quickly. And again, it's about the fundamental chemistry yeah. for the body and knowing, you know, what to apply and how to apply it. Yeah. That's really the key. So powerful. Right? That's why buying things over the counter and through the mail and that kind of thing, you know, you, you really have to have some guidance. Yeah, I agree. And that, that can be the concern, I think, with <clears> like <throat> a lot of the MLM type products out there and some of them are very well-meaning, but it's really hard to know what's best for you and also to get a product that's truly has the nutrients and whole foods and things that you, you would really need. Cause I, I do think it's pretty specific to each person. And I mean, I'm so glad we've ha- we're having this conversation cause I just feel like so many people need to hear this and, and will benefit from, you know, adding in some supplements and working with, right. with a practitioner to do it and can, yeah help so many, you know, people need help. You know, I I help people. It doesn't matter where they are. Um, we can do in-person consultation with a person. Uh, I work a lot through blood chemistry also. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like blood chemistry because it's really a bridge between modern medicine and alternative. Mm -hmm. Um, because everyone in the modern medicine field understands blood chemistry. Uh, when we talk alternative kinds of uh, communication or language, uh, it, it frequently shuts off modern medicine uh, practitioners. They're, right. they're like, ooh, that's that's kind of different and weird. Right. But they can understand blood chemistry. So uh, when I look at that, you know, so many people come to me and they're like, uh, you know, they whip out their their uh, health screen and it's got the, the complete blood count and the metabolic panel. And my doctor says everything looks normal on this. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, Why do I feel so bad? <laughs> right. Yeah. But small little changes long before it ever like pushes out of what's considered the normal range, we can see, uh, the influence of, uh, functional or the fundamental chemistry in the body and each thing interacts with each other. And so there's really a mathematical relationship between all of those. And, uh, you know, easily half of the people that I work with, I've never met them in person, but I have their blood tests Right. and we can analyze those and be able to hone in and get the bullseye down really tight for what kind of chemistry do we need to get back into that person's body? And it's powerful and it gets right at the heart of the cause of the problem. And that's more interesting versus try this up. Oh, wait, no, try this one. Oh, possibly this one over here. And it's very frustrating for people. They want to have something that's going to work today. Right. Right. So you have to have a way to analyze that. Absolutely. So what is a good way for people to reach you if they're interested in, in, consulting with you or just right. reaching out. So I, I do have a website. It's donshealth.com. You can email me on that or you can call me on my cell or text me. I carry that with me all the time and I'm happy to have people just uh, text or call. It works great. Um, they can reach me that way. It's 509-413-9872. Uh, most people can get me anytime there. Okay. Don't uh, all call him at once, but <laughs> all at once. Yes. Uh, and I can put his information in the show notes too. So you guys can check that out and yeah, that'll be great. And link there. And if somebody were to reach out to you and say, Hey, I want somebody 
like you in my town, is there, would you be able to potentially provide them a resource if they want to work with somebody right by them versus long distance? I mean, cause not everybody wants to do long distance. Right. I understand that. Uh, there's a way that I can get referrals for people. Uh, just depends on where, where they, they live. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. More metropolitan areas is easy to find referrals for, uh, you know, to practitioners who would yeah. uh, give them good service. Okay. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I love talking about this stuff and I, I, I'll, I'll have to have you back on to talk more cause I feel like we could go on and on, but <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And there you have it. Really, really solid information. I hope that you will take notes, listen again if you have to a couple times, but, um, This should hopefully inspire you to find a practitioner in your area that you can work with and to consider supplements as a way to deal with chronic disease in the body. And if you're ready to make that change in your life and you're ready to commit to your health, that you'll not only change your diet and work on what it is that you're eating and making sure that it's nutrient dense foods and not processed foods, and then supporting yourself with supplements. And when you experience things that might seem normal, but they ail you, whether it be pain, anxiety, depression, irritable bowel syndrome, any of those things that you will consider looking outside the box and taking responsibility for your health and finding somebody who will treat you as a whole body and not just your symptoms. You can't always just take the first sort of recommendation that you get or uh, the first doctor that might want to slap you with a prescription. It doesn't mean that that is the only way to go and the end all be all for what you're dealing with. There are plenty of other options out there like we discussed today. And some of these things can be really simple fixes, especially if they're dealt with early on instead of waiting until it becomes a bigger problem or multiple problems. So I hope you find this encouraging and informative. As always, share with a friend, spread the good news, and uh, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast. I'd love if you gave me a five-star rating as well. And I'll be back next week. Take care.